Psalm 73 is a psalm about uh, a God, a, 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 an Israelite, a, uh, a follower of God who had almost lost his way. He does this, and you've read this hopefully today in your reading. He does this because he looks where he shouldn't look. It says in verse three, or it says in verse two, he says, but as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. And then in verse three, for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And then he goes on in verses four through 15 and just talks about how when he looks at the unrighteous person in the world, it looks like they're living a lot better life than he is. He is trying to follow the Lord. He's trying to be obedient. He's trying to be righteous, but he's not getting anything that he wants. He's having a difficult life. And uh, he looks over at the unrighteous person and he doesn't care about the Lord. And yet it seems like he's getting everything that he wants. His family's happy. He's happy. He's living a long life. There's no death. There's no despair. So he's starting to slip. He's starting to lose his faith. And how often does this happen to us? How often do we look at the grass on the other side of the fence? It looks a lot greener over there. It seems like everybody's life is easier than ours. Even though we, we, we're praying, we're, we're in our word, we're trying to repent of sin every chance we get. We're trying to walk with Jesus. And it just seems like everybody else has an easier life than us. Why, why is our life so difficult? Why aren't we getting any of the things in this world that we want? But everything shifts in Psalm 73 at verse 16. And he says, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned therein. Um, his perspective changed when he pressed into his relationship with God. He says, I went into the sanctuary of God, which was the temple, which was the place that God had set apart for himself to dwell with Israel. And as you meditate on that idea of the sanctuary, just think about what that meant. Think about all of the promises that God had kept in order to establish that sanctuary. The sanctuary itself, the very existence of the sanctuary, represented the faithfulness of God. He had been faithful to Israel to bring them out of Egypt. He had been faithful through Moses to establish the tabernacle. And then he had been faithful to David to establish his throne and to give him a son, Solomon. And then he told Solomon that he was going to establish that sanctuary. And then he did. He he had fulfilled generation after generation after generation of promises. See, the sanctuary represents not just that God had made promises to Israel. The sanctuary represented that God fulfills promises to his people. And it's in that moment where he comes into that sanctuary and he's reminded of who God is, that he's reminded of the faithfulness of God toward his people. And that's when he realizes in verses 18 through 22 that uh, these people that are, st are, are living unrighteously, they may be having some sort of good life now, but it's temporary. He says in uh, verse 20, he says, like a dream when one awakes, O Lord, when you rouse yourself, you despise them as phantoms. 
Uh, if you've ever had that, you know, you're in the middle of a dream, whether it's a good dream or a bad dream. As soon as you wake up, that dream was nothing but a dream. It's gone. And sometimes you even have a hard time remembering the details of that dream, right? Because it's just gone. He says, that's the way these that do not set their hope in the Lord. That is what their life is going to be when God brings justice, when God uh, shows up in in, in history and uh, he rewards those who have followed him and he punishes those who have rebelled against him. He says their life is going to be like a dream and, and my life is going to be like a dream. As bad as it might be right now, as bad as it might seem right now, when that day comes, it's going to be like I wake up and all of it was like a dream. It's going to be hard for me to remember. And then he finishes with these lines that are so, uh, so powerful. He says in verse 25, No, let's just back up. Verse 23, he says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. When he sees God in the sanctuary, he's reminded that God is faithful to work, but he's also reminded that God is the greatest treasure that we can give our lives to. Whom have I in heaven but you? In all of the heavens, with all of the glorious things that are in heaven, the psalmist says, there's only one thing, one person that I want, and it's you. And he's reminded in this intimate setting in the sanctuary of how incredible God is. God, what on all the earth? There is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. God, even though all these wicked people are pursuing all of these things, and it seems like they're getting this good life here in this world, and I'm not getting to participate in all these things, like who cares? Let all the wicked people of the world have all the riches that this world has to offer. Give me God. God is better than all the gold and all the wine and all the riches and all the status and all the easy life that I could have in this world. Give me God. And as I read this, I'm, I am so uh, humbled because I think just in my own relationship with the Lord, how quick do my eyes stray from uh, him to things in this world? And all of a sudden I think that, that I don't have a good life because I don't have the things in this world. When God has given me everything, when he gave me himself. See, that's what the gospel gives us. When Jesus came and, and died in our place and was raised from the dead, that what, what he gave us in this new life, first and foremost, is a relationship with God. In Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore we have access into this grace in which we now stand through faith in Jesus. Since we've been justified by faith, uh, we now have access to God there in Romans chapter 5. We have him. And how how foolish I am to think that my life is not good because I don't have worldly things. And the psalmist is just reminding us there's nothing in heaven and there's nothing on earth more glorious than God. And if we have him, let everyone else take the rest. I want to pray today that that that, that God would bring us into his sanctuary over and over again, remind us of his faithfulness to us, but more importantly, remind us of his value. 
Let's pray. Father, we are so quick to turn away from you in our hearts. We are so quick to set our eyes on worldly things. We are so quick to think that we don't have what we deserve because we don't have what wicked people have in this world. God, remind us, number one, that you are faithful. God, remind us that you have made promises to us and you will fulfill those promises. God, those that do not seek you will not have the good life forever. God, those that seek you will be rewarded in this life and the next. God, thank you for giving us yourself. You are a greater treasure than anything that we can have in this world. God, remind us of that over and over and over again. Please remind us of your value. God, help us to be disciplined, to turn our hearts away from the treasure of this world, to give ourselves to you. God, help us uh, not to hold on to possessions in this world with closed fists. God, I pray that you'd help us, uh, Lord, to surrender everything that we have to you. And Lord, in that, uh, God, that you would show us that you're more valuable than those things. Help us to have devotions. Help us to have quiet times. Help us to have a relationship with you where we really sense who you are. Show us that in your word. Help us to meditate on your goodness in your word. Show us that. Help us to be good students. God, I pray that you would give us good times in prayer where we sense your presence with us. Help us to pursue you and to seek you in the sanctuary. That is a relationship with your son, Jesus. And God, I pray that as we do that, that our hearts would be turned away, that, we, that our hearts would grow dull and numb toward the things in this world and that our hearts would come alive to you. God, that we would see how incredible you are and that we'd live for you. Lord, I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.